0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Through Jesus podcast with Courtney Gilmore. On this episode, we're going to be talking about rules, God's purpose for them, fearing and obeying Him, and our heart. Deuteronomy 4 and 5, all scripture is going to be read from the ESV version. Quickly before we get started, if you're new to Live Through Jesus, make sure you go to LiveThroughJesus.com and sign up to receive your free five-week Bible study over Abraham. There you'll also find blog posts that coincide with the teachings on this podcast and social media links, which is another way to keep in touch throughout the week. Okay, let's get started. So how do you feel about rules? Do you tend to be a rule follower or a rule breaker or somewhere in between? Do rules make you feel comfortable and give you structure, or are they just burdensome and restrictive? Maybe it depends on who's making the rules. If you trust this person, then you're more apt to obey them. Or if you understand the rules, you understand their purpose, what they're for, and you believe in them, then you can obey. Maybe you're a person like that. Maybe you like making the rules, but you don't really like to follow them all that much. Maybe following the rules makes you feel like a good person and you like to hold them over other people's heads just a little bit. Today we would call that virtue signaling, right? You're doing it only for the accolades, so that everybody thinks you're a good person, so you say the thing or do the thing, but you don't really believe in it. Either you actually feel completely opposed to what you're saying, or you just don't really care one way or the other, but it makes you look good, so no problem. Maybe that's the case. Well, as we start this new year, we're going to start a new series about rules, namely the Ten Commandments. God gave the people the Ten Commandments, and we're going to be going through them in the next several weeks. But before we individually study each one of these, I want us to get a couple of things straight just about rules in general before we move on to specifics. So today we're going to look in Deuteronomy, where Moses also gives an introduction to the rules and then talks a little bit about what our approach should be to God's rules and what his purposes are. So we're going to start by just reading Deuteronomy 4, 1. This is Moses talking to the second generation of Israelites and reminding them of the Ten Commandments before they go into the promised land. And he says, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving to you. So I just wanted to stop right there because he's telling the people, if you obey these laws, then you will live and prosper in this new land that God is going to give to you. And so my question is, does that mean that if we obey God's laws, then we're going to live forever and all of our life is going to be great. We're going to have blessings. Nothing bad is going to happen to us. Is that our purpose for following the rules? Obviously, we know that that's not actually how it works, right? But the rules do actually help us to have a longer life and a better life. We could definitely live longer if following the rules kept us safe. Maybe the purpose of the rule is to keep us from being harmed in some way. And so that would keep us alive longer. And then sometimes When we don't follow the rules, we suffer the consequences of that. The whole purpose of the rule is for us to have a better life, for things to go well with us, because God knows that if we don't follow this rule, then we're going to have hardships in this life. And he's trying to prevent that. It's trying to help us to live a good life. And so that's what this means whenever it's saying, you know, you will live long and you will prosper and you will have blessings. What I'm trying to say is God gives us the rules for our own good. They have a purpose and it is to our benefit to obey them. And so I want to read you a couple of verses on that. This is Proverbs 11:18, 18, and it says, The wicked earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. Also down at the bottom of chapter 11 in verse 27, it says, Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for evil. So you want to do bad things? Bad things are going to come back to you and vice versa. Galatians 6, 7 to 10 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So those that do good, reap good things. Those that do evil, reap evil things. In the end, that's how it's all going to be. 1 Peter three ten 10-18 For whoever desires to love life and see good days, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is God's will, than for doing evil. So, These are just some verses that reiterate that doing good produces good things and disobeying produces bad things. The rules are for our benefit. So as we are going through all of these Ten Commandments in these next several weeks, just remember that God has given us this rule for a purpose. It is for our own good to obey it. Now, After Moses told them that it would be a good thing for them to obey, he reminded them of all of the Israelites who had disobeyed when they worshiped other gods and what had happened to them. So he says, you know, if it doesn't motivate you to obey by me telling you that you will reap reward, then let it motivate you to obey by knowing that if you don't, there will be consequences. So Moses is about to give them all of these rules, and instead of just telling them the rules and expecting them to obey them, he wants them to see the importance of obeying God. And then after that, he says, do not add to these words and don't take away from them. Do exactly what God says, but don't add your own extra rules on top of it, and don't select rules That you want to obey and then leave out the rest of them. Proverbs 36 says, Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. In an attempt to give some sort of practical advice for obeying each one of these laws, the Pharisees made their own additional laws to help people obey. And it turned out to be a disaster for them. There were too many rules, too many things for people to do, and they missed the whole point. They did this often in regard to the rules of the Sabbath. We'll talk about this further later whenever we talk about the Sabbath, but this is just an example. In an effort to help the people obey the law that God gave them to rest on the Sabbath, they made up a bunch of extra laws so that the people would know what was work and what was not work. And in so doing, they very well made themselves look like liars because God may have said that wasn't what I was talking about at all. Y'all have made a bunch of burdensome rules for these people, and that was never my intention. Matthew sixteen six says, Jesus said to his disciples, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Leaven is the yeast that makes the bread grow. And so he says, beware of their growing uh, set of rules, all of the things that they use to multiply my word that doesn't have anything to do with what I actually said. So they would often place a lot of weight on certain rules and then maybe even neglect to mention other rules that maybe they didn't want to obey. Matthew 23, 4 says, They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And so... By giving this list of all of these things that constituted his work, the people started to feel completely restricted as if they could do nothing, and it became a burden to them where the law was not supposed to be a burden to them at all. As a matter of fact, the whole purpose of the resting rule was for their benefit so that they would have a day of rest, so that they had a day built in that said, you can't work so that they could get rest to start their new week. And so a rule that God had given to them to help them, the Pharisees had turned into a complete burden. And so that's what we don't want to do. Further down in that chapter in verse 23, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And so this is the flip side of it, where he says, okay, yeah, you do all these things and you make these things burdensome to these people because these are easy things for you. But then the really important things like being fair and merciful and faithful, you neglect to do those things. You follow the letter of the law, but not the heart behind. And this just makes everything burdensome and you're missing the whole point. So that's the next thing we want to talk about rules. The first thing we talked about was they are there for our benefit. It is to our benefit that we follow them. The second part is we don't want to make them burdensome. We don't want to make this huge checklist... All of these things that we have to obey, adding to God's rules, not taking them to heart, not doing them for the purpose that God had given, but for our own accolades so that we do virtue signal to other people, make everyone think that we're good. Or so that we just feel good about ourselves, and so we're just able to say, yo, yes, I do all of these good things, but we're not doing them for the right reason. And another thing about the virtue signaling is a lot of times we like to hold it over other people's heads whenever they're not doing that, and that is a burden to them. That was never the purpose of God's laws. They were never meant to be a burden for us. They were never meant to be so many rules that we couldn't follow them or so difficult that we felt weighted down by them. They were meant to be of a benefit to us, to help us to live a long, healthy, happy life. That is their purpose. And when we add to them, then we make them burdensome. Also, when we take away from them, we're only doing the things that we want to do and not the things that God wants us to do. And we're not going to benefit in that way either. We can sit around all day long and say, Oh, I follow all of these rules. But if there are certain ones that you don't want to talk about, that you don't want to think about, that you don't want to practice because they're too hard for you to do or because you just don't like them, then you're not obeying God and you're, you're going to be in that camp of, those that disobey and you will face the consequences of that. So we don't want to be pharisaical in either one of those ways by adding to God's laws or by taking away from them. First John five, three says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and that his commandments are not burdensome. And so this is the next thing, the heart of it. Why are we doing it? Are we doing it only to get the benefits from it or to get the accolades from it? Or are we doing it because we love the Lord? It says this is loving God, obeying him. Because we love him, because we care about him, because we trust him with our lives, we will do what he asks. And it's not hard for us to do because we do trust him. And we want him to be pleased with us. And so we need to evaluate ourselves before we ever get started on this series and see, are we being pharisaical in any way? Are we adding to God's laws, making them burdensome or making ourselves look good? Or are we taking away from them by only following the ones that we want to follow and not following all of God's laws? and then not only individually but as a church need to think about how do we as a church present god's laws to other people listen to what it says in john 1:17 for the law was given through moses grace and truth came through jesus christ and so are we as a church pharisaical putting too much emphasis on the law And not enough emphasis on grace. Are we making certain rules burdensome to people, making them feel like they're failures and they'll never measure up, and forgetting that God has grace for us all because we're all sinners, are we avoiding passages that are difficult for us that we think might be offensive to other people? Are are we preaching them in a way that is not loving and not kind? These are things that we need to think about. Think about in our own lives and then when we talk to others, we do not want to be giving them burdensome laws. We want to present these laws as a benefit to the believer and something that we do for our Lord because we love him and we trust him, but also show that we will not always succeed and God has grace for us all because all of us are sinners. All of us fall short of keeping these commands. And so these are things that I wanted to get established before we ever started any of these studies because I want to portray God's laws in that way. Not as do this, don't do this. If you don't do this, then you're a horrible person. If you do do this, then you're a horrible person. That is not the intent of it. The reason that God gave us the laws and the reason that we're going to go over them is because God has our best interests at heart when he gives them to us, but not to beat each other over the head with them or make people feel like failures. And it is ultimately to point us to Jesus, to the one that paid the price for all of us who can't keep all of these laws. And so that's where all of this is going to end. So I wanted to up front say all of this before we get into it and people start feeling like there's no way I can keep all of these rules or I already messed up and people are gonna think I'm horrible or whatever. So don't be pharisaical, right? Don't add to God's laws. Don't take away from them. Now, the next thing that Moses says, I want to read you beginning in verse 6. He says, Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all the people. And when they hear of these statutes, and they say, Surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God that is so near as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation is there that the statutes and the rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Okay, so all of these laws will give us wisdom and understanding that we couldn't ever get on our own. So by following his teachings, then the Israelites are going to look wise to the other nations. And then the other nations are going to say, how are they so smart? What is it that they have that we don't have? And they're going to notice that the difference is their God. That's all that's different between the Israelites and all the rest of the nations. And Moses says, no other God can hear his people, have a personal relationship with them interact with them, or has the power to do anything on their behalf. No other God is like that. And because the God of the Israelites is the creator of the whole entire earth, then obviously his laws are optimal for this life, right? If you create something, then you create the rules that go around that. And by doing things in that way, that's how it works the best. And so because God is the creator, He's able to set the rules and the Israelites are the ones that know them. And so the Israelites' lives work better than all of the rest of the people. And the rest of the people will see this and they will say, what is going on with this group of people? Why is it that they are doing so much better than we are? What is it that they know that we don't know? And then the Israelites can reveal their God to them. You see, a lot of people think whenever it says the Israelites are God's chosen people that God is being exclusive by, you know, choosing them and excluding everyone else. But that's not actually the case. The purpose of God choosing the Israelites was so that he could show himself to the world through them by following his words and his ways and his rules. They were going to be his witnesses to the rest of the world. This would draw everyone else into this desire to know this God. They would see that the Israelites had a unique relationship with their God that the other nations did not have with their gods, and they would want to know about this. Let me read to you what it says in Proverbs 1, 1 1-7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase their learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the word of the wise and their riddles, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So whenever we follow God's instructions, we also are going to look wise to other people. And then they're going to start to wonder what it is that they that we have that they don't have. How do we get this wisdom and this understanding? And then we too will be able to tell them, I'm like this because this is what my God teaches. Listen to what it says in Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So we are to shine his light to the world. We are to reveal him to the people. That's what light does, right? It reflects and reveals. And so that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to reflect God to the world and reveal his ways to them. And the way we do that is by following his laws. That makes us look wise and understanding. And then people get curious and then we can explain it to them. Okay, so let's keep reading in Deuteronomy and see what else Moses has to tell the people about God's laws. This is Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 14. Only take care and keep your soul diligently. Lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. How on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days of their lives on this earth, and that they may teach their children to also. And you came near, and you stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven and wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the sound of his words, but you saw no form, for there was only a voice. And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules that you might do them in the land that you are going in to possess." So Moses is telling them, don't forget these laws. Do not forget all of the things that God's done for you and all the things that God has told you. And also make sure that you tell them to your children and your grandchildren so that they also can please the Lord and live a good long life. And then he says, especially make sure you remember how you felt on the day that God delivered these Ten Commandments to you. Because remember, he gave them to you out of a voice on the top of a mountain through a dark cloud. You didn't see him, but you could hear this big, booming voice and you were afraid. Don't forget how you felt that day, the day that God gave you these Ten Commandments. Commandments—because. He could have just given these words to Moses and Moses could have given them to the people, but God didn't want that because he wanted them to hear it from his voice so that they would understand how important these words that he was about to give them were. When they heard this loud, booming voice exclaiming these commands to them, then they would understand the seriousness and they would fear him enough to obey. And so... Here's what it says in Psalm one eleven ten, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So God wanted them to have a healthy fear of him so that they would obey. Okay, now we're going to skip the rest of chapter 4 and move on to chapter 5. And this will just be a summary of the Ten Commandments and then also a little bit more about this day that God came down and gave these commandments to their fathers. So Deuteronomy 5 verse 1 says, Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the rules that I speak in your hearing today, and you shall learn them and be careful to do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our fathers did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the midst of the fire while I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire and you didn't go up on the mountain as he said. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no carved image for yourself or any likeness or of anything that is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Number four, observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, On that day you shall do no work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock, or the sojourner that is with you in your gate, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with his mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day." Number five, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Number ten, You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, his female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. These words the Lord spoke to you at the assembly, at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness with a loud voice. And he added no more. He wrote them on two tablets of stone, and he gave them to me. As soon as you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Behold, the Lord our God has shown us glory and greatness, and we've heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with men, and man is still alive. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of our Lord God anymore, we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and still lived? Go near and hear all that the Lord our God is saying and speak to us that the Lord our God will speak to you and that He will, we will hear you and we will do it. And the Lord heard your words when you spoke to me. And he said, I've heard the words of these people which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they would have such a heart as this always, to fear me and keep my commands, that it may go well with them and their descendants forever. Go and say to them, Return to your tents. But you stand here by me, and I will tell you the whole commandment and the statutes and the rules. And you shall teach them that they may do them in the land that I have given them to possess. You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you, You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life in the land that you will possess. So Moses reminded them of what happened when God gave them all of these rules in the first place and then he restated all of the laws that God had given to them. Now God told Moses he said I wish that the people would feel like this forever. I wish that they could remember forever exactly what it felt feels like today to be so afraid to disobey me that they will always do what I say. If if they would feel like this, they would always obey me. And so just as a quick thought for us, what is it that you need to remember? that God has done in your life that helps you fear him, that helps you obey him. It either helps you trust him or it helps you fear him. And either way, you will obey because you remember this thing that happened between you and God. Is there anything like that? If not, we can draw off of the experience that the Israelites had. But if we do, then remind yourself of that thing and then also just as God wrote down these 10 commandments for the people so that they wouldn't forget them write down things or figure out some way to to remind yourself of the things that God's done for you and what keeps you following him that's the point what keeps you following the Lord Whatever that is, it needs to stay in your focus. We need to make sure to not add to God's laws or take away from them, but follow directly behind God, staying on the path that he has for us. There's a hymn that says, Wherever he leads, I will go. I will follow my Christ who loved me so. Wherever he leads, I will go. Let that be your motto throughout this series. Wherever he leads, I will go. Whatever he tells me to do, I will do. I will follow my Christ because he loves me so much. I don't want to let him down. That's why I'm following these rules, because I know he has my best interest at heart Because I know he loves me and because I love him in return, I want to please him and I trust him with my life. So wherever he leads, I will go. His rules do not need to be burdensome to us, but we do need to follow them. Whatever it is that inspires you to do so, hold on to that. Either fearing him or trusting him, whatever the case may be. Keep that in mind this next week. Just set your heart right for obeying him. For your New Year's resolution this year to be, I am going to learn God's laws and I'm going to do my best to follow them. Not because I'm a rule follower, not because I'm checking it off my list, not because I want everybody to think I'm a good person, but because God loves me and because I love him in return. So, Next week, we're going to talk about the first, probably two, commandments that God gives because they're very similar. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Please leave me comments wherever you're listening. I'd like to know what y'all are thinking about these, especially as we go through these Ten Commandments. I would like to know if this helps take some of the burden off of you, if it makes you see Jesus if it gives you inspiration to trust Him and to follow Him, things like that. So please leave comments. Send me emails, whatever you want to do. My email address is on my website, so you can find me there. Also, there's going to be blog posts there. So go to LiveThroughJesus.com, and you can also find all my social media there so you can find all the places to follow me, all the places to comment, all of the places that we can talk together about these Ten Commandments. So that's all we've got today. Join me next week. Thanks and have a good day.